Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Tuesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online with you, supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Glad to have you along. Thanks for joining us. We are live today at Visit Oxford, which is uh, just off the western edge of the Oxford Square. Uh, we have been here several years in a row. You've got the cool little courtyard out front. Unfortunately, it is raining right now, and so we are in the uh, the conference room. This is like old law library conference room in the uh, in the back of the building. Uh, if you're in the area, don't be afraid to uh, stick your head in the uh, the front door. Visit Oxford. We'll tell you a lot about what's coming up over the next few weeks, and certainly uh, later this week as the holiday season kicks off, and uh, certainly. Whether you are in Oxford or any other part of the state of Mississippi, we encourage you to shop in your local community, support those businesses, and uh, keep uh, keep a lot of that money in state as opposed to uh, to out of state. Glad to have you along. Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online at mslandbank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing or refinancing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. That's what they do. They've been financing and refinancing land for over 100 years. So whether you are a farmer with equipment needs or you are looking to just buy a piece of property uh, that will be yours, maybe to build a dream house on, uh, a recreational spot to be able to hunt and fish or maybe just get away, well, Mississippi Land Bank can help. Forky, Tuesday afternoon, a day closer to Thanksgiving, a day closer to the Egg Bowl. What's up? Uh, looking forward to both of those things. I'm, I'm starting to change my mind a little bit about my excitement level on the Egg Bowl. The closer it gets to the game, the more excited I am about it. Okay. You I just needed a couple of days to warm up a little bit. Needed to warm up a little bit, and I think I'm going to bring back something that uh, you didn't get to do with us last year because you were, uh, you know... Uh, doing something fun. I was in the Bahamas. Yeah, in a luxurious place. But we did uh, an Egg Bowl bingo. We decided not to go with a drinking game because we didn't want to encourage binge drinking with your in-laws because that could get ugly. Um, (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) um, Might want to bring that back, though, because that was actually a lot of fun last year. We did uh, just stuff that... You expect the Wait, broad- which, which are you bringing back, the bingo or the binge drinking? Uh, the bingo. I mean, you can make it a drinking game, but we added the disclaimer that if something happens, it's not our fault. So we called it bingo. But we added, we had stuff on there like Hugh Freeze mentioned. Uh, Matt Luke it comes from a family of rebels. That kind of stuff. Just things that you yeah. know the broadcasters are going to say during this football game. And uh, I think I might bring that back. So if I have time tonight or tomorrow before the game, uh, I'm going to do it because people seem Does to really enjoy fight that Thursday. Get a square. Oh yeah, some some kind of scuffle, and then showing video. Last year we had showing video of previous scuffles. 
on the bingo board. Gotcha. Wait, showing what? Uh, Like during the game, showing video of fights that happened in previous Egg Bowls. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Hey, Dad, what's the first year you ever went to the Egg Bowl? We'll get to uh, we'll get to that in uh, in a minute. Do you have any early Egg Bowl memories? Memories, Rippy? First Egg Bowl you ever went to? I couldn't tell you to be completely honest. Did you grow up going to this game? Yeah, I did, uh, but I, I don't remember like the first actual year I went. I don't guess, but I mean, pretty young. Yeah. Nineteen ninety one was my first Egg Bowl. That was the year after this game moved back on campus. So 1990 was the last year that the game was played in Jackson. 1991, Mississippi State won the game in Starkville. 1992 was the year, the first year back on campus in Oxford, and that was the stand game. Um, I guess I remember much about 93 or 94. 95 was a year that uh, Deuce McAllister had a big, big day uh, running the football. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not right. That's not right. 95 was Dew Innocent running like crazy in Starkville and setting the uh, the rushing record in uh, in that fall game. Hey, Dad, what's the first Egg Bowl that you remember attending in person? 85 in Jackson. Really? One 45-27. Okay. That's the first one I remember going to. I didn't see State beat Ole Miss live until because my dad and I, for whatever reason, we didn't go in '87. '93 uh, was the first one I saw live that State won. Were you at the Wind Kick game in '86? That's '83. No, I was not. Oh, that was '83. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. So that was yeah, two years before you went for the very first time. Yeah. So you did not go the first year it was back on campus in 91. Didn't go 91 or 92. Gotcha. So but I haven't, I haven't missed one since in, 93. You know, my, I, had, I guess I've missed two since 91. My streak started in 1991, and then I first missed a game in, oh, maybe I missed one in 2004? 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. And those were some titanic clashes. That 0405 era. <laughs> yeah. That's rough. Uh, and then last year was the uh, first one I'd missed since then. So both of the uh, Egg Bowls that I've missed in the last 28 years was in the Bahamas, <laughs> which not you're going to miss. Bad, I suppose. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to miss, that's a good place to miss them from. If uh, if you would like to be a part of the show, you can do so on the C Spire text line. The number is 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Glad to have you along. Uh, question, did it rain at that 1992 Egg Bowl? It did not rain. It snowed a little bit, though. It was gray and overcast and cold and snow flurries floating around. And that was 12 plays inside the 10-yard line by the two teams combined um, at the end of the ballgame. And what, 11 of those were run, or 10 of those were run by Mississippi State, I think? It felt like 100, but yes, that sounds right. Yeah. Well, what, what was it? So Mississippi State got a penalty to get a fresh set of downs. Yeah. Ole Miss forced a turnover, but then 
Did they give it, give it right, right back? back? They fumble it, gave back? it right back. Yeah, I don't know if it was a fumble. And they've got another stop, right and then back. down on the knee to end the ball game. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a a crazy one. Tim and Tupelo, he says, just a heads up for holiday travelers headed to Memphis. There is a jackknife uh, jackknifed eighteen wheeler in the westbound lanes at New Albany. Traffic is backed up for miles. You may want to go to uh, over to Oxford and the Batesville. If you were trying to go to Memphis. So, Tim, in Tupelo, thanks for the uh, heads up. Maybe we can uh, save you a little time on the uh, the interstate. Have you seen this complete non sequitur, but it just popped up, and, and I'm trying to make sense of it. This Conference USA division tiebreaker thing? Yes. Luke Johnson and I were texting about this a little earlier today. So I'm reading... So, go ahead. Well, no, I'll, I'll let you fill in the gaps because it, Luke was still trying to kind of get all the information lined up when we were, tur- were earlier. So there are like 16 different tiebreaker possibilities. And as of yesterday, the majority of those tiebreaker possibilities in the event of a three-way division tie benefited Southern Miss. And once you got down to like the eighth or ninth different tiebreaker possibility ultimately what would have gotten Southern Miss to the game assuming they win and UAB wins and Louisiana Tech wins I think I've got that right yes you do then it was the team that has least recently or most recently played for a conference championship is it most recently it is the representative will be the team that has not participated in the championship most recently. So the team that okay. is furthest away from their last appearance. But they changed that. Why does that tiebreaker make any sense? Well, it doesn't make any sense, but now they have changed the eighth tiebreaker in the event of a three-way tie to the highest average of several power ranking polls, which would get Louisiana Tech in. Here's my question. How do you change the rules on how you get to the conference championship game during the season. And we're not even talking about during week two or week three of the season. We're talking about before the final weekend of the season in which the tiebreaker is about to come into play to determine who's in the conference championship game. How does that happen? Incompetence. College athletics in general. Yeah, but Borky, there's got to be more than just incompetence. How, how do you how do you move the goalposts a week before the end of the regular season? That that makes no sense to me. You just hope there's not an ulterior motive. We'll talk more about that coming up. We've got a bunch of college football stuff to get to. We've got some uh, fun guests that are going to join us this afternoon, including a, uh, a conversation with Deuce McAllister coming up in uh, in just a little while. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. Deuce will join us next on the Farm Bureau phone line. We're coming to you from the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you live today from Visit Oxford. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online with you at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Ole Miss and Mississippi State will kick off the final weekend of the college football season in the SEC. 6.30 kickoff on ESPN. 
for the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. Friday, it's Missouri and Arkansas. Games on CBS at 1.30. I'm sure people are just clamoring to uh, watch that one. Missouri, a 12-point favorite in the ballgame. On Saturday, you begin a big slate of rivalry games. Clemson at South Carolina. Clemson, we talked about this earlier in the week, 27.5-point favorite uh, on the road, uh, excuse me, on the road, against South Carolina. So South Carolina hosting Clemson in Columbia. Number four Georgia Tech is at number four Georgia is at Georgia Tech. Georgia is a twenty-eight and a half point favorite. Games at eleven on ABC. SEC Network, eleven o'clock, Louisville and Kentucky. Kentucky a two and a half point favorite in that game. Kentucky six and five on the year. Louisville seven and four on the year. And that one feels like it could be a lot of fun. Number five, Alabama at number 15, Auburn. I know you're shocked to know that CBS picked that game. Alabama, a three and a half point favorite. Uh, SEC Network on Saturday afternoon, Vanderbilt at Tennessee. Tennessee, big favorite over the Commodores, 22 and a half points in the ballgame. Six o'clock on Saturday night, Texas A&M at LSU. Tigers better than a two touchdown favorite over the Aggies. They're favored by 16 and a half. And Florida, a 17-and-a-half-point favorite over Florida State. That game is on the SEC Network Saturday night, 6.30. So, guys, when we look at these games, hey, Dad, I'll start with you. Outside of the Egg Bowl, and I think, I think for our purposes here, I will eliminate the Iron Bowl. What game, what rivalry game involving an SEC team is most interesting to you on the final weekend of the regular season? I mean, it's not. That's a pretty rough slate beyond the, uh, the 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 Egg Bowl and the Iron Bowl. Uh, maybe Florida, Florida State. Um, okay. Because there, there's some talk. You know, we saw what happened with Matt Luke winning the 17 Egg Bowl. There's some talk that if Florida State could pull off an upset here, that Odell Haggins could end up being the coach there if they can't land one of their top choices like a James Franklin or a Bob Stoops or something like that. Uh, Newsflash. So probably not. But. Uh, no, no, I wasn't news flashing Haggins. I was news flashing not landing Bob Stoops or James Franklin. Right, right. No, no, I knew, I knew where you were going. Okay, um, just making sure. So you know, and that's just that's a particularly nasty rivalry. Those two schools and their fan bases and their teams don't like each other. Sort of the same dynamic you have here in Mississippi, in that so many of the players are from Florida and grew up on one side of that line or the other. So it's always an interesting game. It could get out of hand. Florida could just just destroy them. But uh, we'll see what happens. And, and you know what? With Mullen, you never know, man. He, he's always good to cough one up. He hasn't done it so far this year. He doesn't really have a history of coughing up games that he's supposed to win. He In conference games or in, in like, this is sort of a, not a conference game, but it's against another Power 5 team, record's not, is not great. He'll really? lose one every now and then he's not supposed to. But I thought the book on Mullen was he never lost the games that he was favored in, and he never won the games in which he was an underdog. I mean, he lost. I think in it, in his t- time at Mississippi State, he probably didn't. But he did lose. I mean, he lost the 2012 Egg Bowl. You know, he was favored in that one. He was favored in the 14 Egg Bowl. Uh, he lost, the, you know, to Kentucky in, in in 16. I mean, he has a few losses here and there that are sort of inexplicable. I think you're rooting against him. Ah, well, you know, maybe. Rippy, what game stands out for you? No Egg Bowl, no Iron Bowl. Rest of the SEC, what's the one that you want to watch? 
mean, the truth after that, nothing really. But if, I guess if you had to pick one, does LSU A&M count? It does. Okay. That'll be somewhat interesting. It's the only one that'll really be that competitive outside of, I guess, Kentucky. Kentucky-Louisville is attractive to me. Ish. A lot of quarterback runs. <laughs> attractive-ish to me. <laughs> I, I just kind of been pulling for Mark Stoops. Yeah. Known as a football rivalry, for sure. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Kentucky's fans do not get enough credit. As good football fans. They support it. They do. And they've got a pretty good environment, too, in Kentucky football games. No? I've never been there when they're bad, so I don't know. Well, I mean, no, I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. It was a good environment two years ago when I was up there. Did you go to the old Miss game there two years ago, Rippy? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then I went, I think, one other time when I was younger and they had a decent team, maybe. I don't remember. But point being, I've never been there when they've they've – not been good yeah. or competitive. Borky with A&M at LSU on Saturday night. I, I'd kind of like to be in the stadium for that one. Th- this feels a little like a coronation. It's the chance to cap a perfect regular season. They know they've got the SEC championship game in front of them. You've got the we took your athletics director dynamic, which I don't know if anybody really cares about that or not. They had the litigation a few years ago between John Chavis and LSU, which well, you, you talk about waste of time and money. Just let that guy go and be glad that you upgrade defensively when he's gone. Isn't he in Arkansas? Well, he was until, I mean, I guess he is for like five more minutes till, till they finish up with Missouri on Saturday. Um... And then Ed has managed to get that team up every single week. They've played well. I'm not saying that they can cakewalk against this one, uh, against Texas A&M, but I think it's going to be a pretty neat environment and kind of a cool vibe in the stadium on Saturday night in in Baton Rouge. Yeah, and especially you might have a distracted Texas A&M. I don't know if you saw the outside the lines report today about uh, the mishandling of player injuries by a hand-picked athletic trainer by Jimbo Fisher who uh, was going by the coach's wishes and apparently that's against NCAA rules now that the trainer has the final say of whether or not players play and at Texas A&M it's been the opposite. The coaches have had the final say and now they've got to deal with all that crap. Trouble just follows Ross Bjork everywhere he goes. But as with the last two weeks, how they've handled the rivalry trophy thing, leaving them on the field, Ed Orgeron talked this week about uh, what happened at the end of the game last year. I have a feeling that this game is going to be ugly. And not like an ugly played game, like 45-7 to domination, ugly football game. Do you really? I think so. But A&M's played well lately. Played well against Georgia last week. Yeah. They're getting a little better offensively as the season's gone along. LSU's just a very different animal. So so, so you buy into the idea that this thing is a coronation on Saturday night. This is a celebration so. of LSU football on Saturday night. Yeah, I think so. I, I expect a full-on domination. Hmm. Especially because, as you mentioned, I mean, he's kept his team focused every week at 
even though his apology was stupid, he shouldn't have done it. But, I mean, what he said after the Arkansas game was right. It, it, we're not happy. They haven't beaten anybody in a long time with the fight that happened last year, the seven overtimes, all that stuff. They are going to beat the brakes off of Texas A&M on Saturday. It's going to be biblical. I don't know why I think that, other than it just it, I get that feeling. And they're a better football team than Texas A&M. But he seems very motivated about this game in particular. Yeah. Hey, Dad, you agree with that? I mean, you, you, you think we're talking boat race on Saturday night for LSU against A&M? Uh, I think it'll be a game where LSU gets out to a, a big lead late. I, I could see A&M keeping it just like sort of like they did with uh, with Georgia, just keeping it close for maybe a quarter or two. But eventually, yeah, LSU will pull out to a to a big lead. I don't think it's gonna be what I don't think forty five seven or anything like that. A&M will get some points on the board. But sixteen and a half doesn't scare you in that game at all. No, no, LSU. I mean, if you again, I, I just try to. Figure a, a plausible final score, and if you tell me that LSU won forty two twenty or forty two seventeen, yeah, I'll totally buy that. Yeah. And no, speaking I, of I, James Franklin, by the way, when you guys brought him up and not coaching at Florida State, they did have a starting receiver who caught a few passes against Ohio State last week enter the portal, and people are trying to draw a connection between him transferring and the knowledge that James Franklin won't be there next season. Man, people love playing connected dots. Oh, don't they? they? But that's crazy, though. A starting receiver before the season's over on a good football team entered the transfer portal. It's a whole new world in college football. Whole new world. Not happy? Get out. It's easy. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey, has spoken on the Egg Bowl. Tell you what he has said and see if it means anything when we come back. Plus, we'll try to kind of clean up this mess and understand a little bit more what's going on in Conference USA in terms of the tiebreaker for the Conference USA championship game involving Southern Miss and the Western Division of Conference USA. We're back after this in the Renaissance Bank Studio live today from Visit Oxford. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online, supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Glad to have you along. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Time for us to go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. We're still getting set for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. A guy who certainly has his name etched in the history of the Egg Bowl, Deuce McAllister, grew up in the state of Mississippi, played at Ole Miss, starred at Ole Miss, went on to star with the New Orleans Saints, and he's now the radio color analyst for the Saints Radio Network. We'll get to Saints-Falcons in just a little bit. But Deuce, let's, let's start with the Egg Bowl. By the way, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well, Richard. Fondest memory and worst memory for you from the Egg Bowl? The fight, the worst memory, uh, and I would probably put 99 in Starkville. Um, what was it, 20 to 20? Less than a minute, minute and a half, and the the kick where they um, only throw on a go route to Jamie Armstrong, and they ended up kicking it up in the air, picked it off, and 
kick the field goal to win it. Fondest memory is walking off the field my senior year, victorious uh, against State, and probably the two-point conversion my rookie year. So it's kind of 1A, 1B for both of them. Bad memory, good memories. Yeah. Um. The the fight piece of it is interesting that that to me that 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 stands out as your worst memory because whether you like it or not it feels like fighting is part of the fabric of the history of the Egg Bowl. Uh, they happened in the seventies. They happened in the sixties. They happened in the fifties. It's the reason that they play that we play for this funny looking trophy that's. Uh, supposed to be a football, but actually is more shaped like an egg. Obviously, the fights happened in the, the 90s. The last couple of years have been kind of ugly. Is there any scenario where that part of this series, this rivalry, ever goes away? I don't know if it necessarily goes away. I mean, I think it's it's an intense rivalry. And, and, and what makes it a lot of times intense or even worse than it sometimes is is, is, is us, the fans. Because when you talk about it as far as the players, some of my really good friends to this day, you know, Wayne Mackin, Fred Smoot, Tavares Calhoun, Banks, uh, you know, those are state guys. Pork Chop. I mean, some of some of my really good friends now are Mississippi State guys. And now, obviously, I have, you know, really good old Miss friends that I, I consider as brothers. But that didn't really occur until we all left uh, college. You know, uh, some of us had the opportunity to go in the NFL and you got to know each other a little bit better. But I think it's just the fans that kind of fuel, uh, add a lot of fuel to the fire, to that rivalry. And, I mean, when you talk about uh, both teams having guys that went to school together or at least played in the same state being here from Mississippi, uh, that adds to it as well. I mean, so – uh, it, it, it's a lot more intense when you're playing in that game and then probably even more so um, when you're outside of it just because, you know, that's the bragging right. I, I, I can't go and play that game anymore. But, you know, I can I can mess with Wayne. I can mess with Fred. I can mess with Tavares, you know, about it. And, you know, we kind of laugh, laugh it off. But, you know, you bring up some little comment anytime you can. I'm sure I'm sure you do. Deuce McAllister on your radio on the Farm Bureau phone line. Um have you been in a fight in a game setting at any other level of football outside of the Egg Bowl? High school, Kemper County. Uh Kemper County um <laughs> was was one and then uh um down in Heidelberg not only well the players weren't fighting it was the fans and so it's actually a shooting that was my first episode of actually a shooting in the stadium and you know I never did that was my first time you better get on the ground and I mean Heidelberg was uh, it's probably bad to say it in this terms but Heidelberg was kind enough to tell us you know you better get on the ground because I had never we had never experienced that we had experienced you know, having to fight or at least talking noise where a couple guys pushing and shoving, but nothing to that magnitude. And uh, the other time was uh, down in Natchez, but that was basketball and kind of skirmish happened up in the stands. And, you know, that that, that really, that was new. So when I got to college and, 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 and that occurred, uh, unfortunately I'd had some experience from high school of something like that happening uh, and, you know, it's just it's a stain. It's a stain on on the programs and obviously the individuals that are involved. And you know, I, I just hate it had to occur or happen in that manner. But at the same time, I mean, you're going to defend yourself. 
All right, last fight question, I promise. But I I do want to give you a chance to clear the air one way or the other because there are a lot of people that say you started it in in the big fight in Starkville that, uh, you know, people have continued to talk about today. Is that true or false? False, 100% false. That fight was started. Robert Reed, and I cannot remember the safety, but he was uh, uh, all-SEC safety for um, for Mississippi State. That was Coach Melvin and his defensive backs. They ran through, <laughs> and actually, uh, Coach Greg Knox. Coach Greg Knox was our wide receivers coach. They ran <laughs> through that wide receivers drill, and that kind of all how it unfolded. And, you know, I was actually under uh, a body about the five-yard line practicing handoffs with the quarterbacks. And I'll never forget John Avery getting uh, upended by uh, – Another all SEC player, the the linebacker for them, and I mean it's 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 it, it was rough. I mean you just kept your head first. You want to keep you, you kept your helmet on. You wanted to make sure that you had your helmet on, and you kind of kept your head on a swivel. And obviously, you know most people have seen the video. It's not something for me personally. I'm, I, that's not something I go around bragging about. But you know I am going to defend myself as well. Understand, understand. Yeah, give me a thought on the game this year. You, you look at this matchup, and to me, it's a whole lot more fun if we rewind, rewind to 2014, 2015, where you've got really big stuff hanging in the balance and on the line. That's not the case this year. Ole Miss trying to get to five wins, Mississippi State trying to get to six wins and, and back to a bowl game and keep that bowl streak alive. Mississippi State at times this year has looked good. Ole Miss at times this year has looked okay, but they've both had moments where – uh, they've kind of laid stinkers. What's your thought on the game itself? Two teams that have underachieved. I mean, if you ask both staff, they, that, that's what they would tell you. You know, both teams feel like that, obviously, from a record standpoint, that they should be better. Um, you know, and you, you, you talk about, you know, mainly I'm gonna, from Ole Miss standpoint, they're playing a lot of young kids. They're playing a lot of kids that if, if they had the druthers, they would have probably had redshirted, but, you know, they don't have the depth overall. And so by playing those young guys, yes, uh, you, you, you give them experience, but you make a lot of mistakes as well. I mean, we're fighting for five wins, and you probably, in a perfect world, if, if you hit like you should as far as victory-wise, you should probably be going after eight wins. I mean, because, you know, just a couple games you go back and look at, just the opportunities that you left out on the field. I think that's probably the most disappointing part. And then, you know, looking at Mississippi State, man, you know, it, to, to, to have a guy as talented as, as, as Colin Hill, for them, it's been the quarterback play. You know, and at times the offensive line play. And, you know, Marcus, I know obviously Marcus Johnson and what he's been able to do with that front, you know, it's been hit and miss for him. And I think injuries have obviously uh, harmed and affected them. And then obviously having to uh, sit out guys as well, that's probably harmed and affected them as well when you talk about the suspensions and stuff in that in that manner. I mean, so you're talking about two teams that obviously you want to win this game, but at the end of the day, both have probably under underachieved. Zeus, only about a minute left. Saints-Falcons, a little bit different type of rivalry game when you're talking about the NFL, but a rivalry game nonetheless. Saints would love to avenge the loss to the Falcons earlier in the season. This one is in Atlanta. What do we need to know about this game on Thursday night as well? 
who is healthy? <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Uh, it's always a quick turnaround when you have to play on Thursday night. So uh, who, who can be healthy? The Saints will have a backup in at left guard and at left tackle. That's something to watch for. And who can dominate the line of scrimmage? For me, I hate the timing because that's the when the Egg Bowl is going to be playing. So I'm going to be trying to follow it on the television and on Twitter, but obviously trying to call a game as well. And whoever dominates the line of scrimmage, uh, Atlanta ran for over 100 yards two weeks ago. They, they really controlled the line. And you know, that's something the Saints can't allow to happen uh, tomorrow, well, Thursday night. All right. We'll see if the Saints are able to uh, to make good for that loss earlier in the season. Deuce, happy Thanksgiving to you. Really appreciate you uh, spending a few minutes with us. And uh, I don't know if that was reliving the glory days or maybe some of the bad times, but uh, always good to visit with you, my friend. Hey, it is what it is. And, you know, you, it, it, it's a part of that history. And I, I appreciate you having me on as well. Deuce McAllister, he's the best. Color analyst for the Saints Radio Network, former Ole Miss running back, played in four Egg Bowls, had some success, had some frustration, was involved in big moments, was involved in some fights, as we've talked about. We'll see if uh, if we get a fight this year or not. Feels like maybe taking a break for a year or two or three from that piece of the uh, of the puzzle might not be an entirely bad thing. So it's Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and also Saints and Falcons on Thanksgiving night. More coming up with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm and the Renaissance Bank studio, Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online, supertalk.fm, 4 o'clock hour. Tuesday afternoon, a couple of days away from Thanksgiving, which means a couple of days away from the Egg Bowl as well. Point blank question, do you like the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving Day? Borky, let's, let's do a Twitter poll. Let's put it on the Twitter. Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving Day, thumbs up or thumbs down? Rippy, do you like it Thanksgiving Day? Mike, back on. Thanks. Sorry. I don't have a strong opinion one way or another. I like the weekend off uh, if it's on Thursday or if it's not on Thursday and I don't have to do anything on Thanksgiving. That's good, too. I really don't have a strong opinion one way or another. I don't I don't think it matters a ton. Forky, Thanksgiving Day, yes or no? Uh, very anti-Thanksgiving Egg Bowl. And part of it is because I, my family is scattered all over the country now. And, well, because of this game, I have to stay and work, but let's pretend I didn't work for a second. You would have to choose between the biggest game of the year in the state and not seeing your family or seeing your family and not going to the biggest game in the state. Like, I've got a neighbor who grew up in Mississippi, married somebody who grew up in Mississippi, and does not have a single family member that does not live outside of the borders of this state. So they love Thanksgiving Egg Bowl because they can all get together and about half of the group goes to the game, but they can all do everything. But people like me who have family scattered, you got to pick one. And so this Thanksgiving, I, I mean, my wife's parents live in town. Everybody else is scattered around the country. That's all we get to see on Thursday, and that kind of stinks. Hey, Dad, Thanksgiving Day Egg Bowl, thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm a big fan. I like it on Thanksgiving. 
Uh, you can always, you know, get the family together on the weekend. I don't, I don't think that's a huge problem unless, you know, I understand Borky being scattered, but for the most part, the people you have Thanksgiving with, you, you can still get together. Plus, it allows you a full day of uh, football watching on Saturday with nothing to do. And if your team wins, it's stress-free football watching. Yeah. I, for the most part, like it on Thanksgiving Day. Now, Borky, I, I think your rationale is is real. You know, Rippy grew up in Jackson and can kind of go back and forth from there day of. Um, I mean, I would prefer to do nothing. On Thanksgiving Day? Yeah. Or what, really just in general, any day that ends in Y. But yes, <laughs> Thanksgiving in particular. I respect would, that. would you rather do nothing on Thanksgiving Day or work on Thanksgiving Day and then have Friday, Saturday, Sunday to do nothing? I don't know. I mean, if I didn't, I would have Friday, Sunday to do nothing and yeah. Thursday. I guess so. So. Whatever it does for you. Okay, so you're more on the side of let's play it on Saturday. I guess slightly, but like, again... It's I'm about as fifty fifty as they go. Uh anyway, I guess I was just gonna say I kind of like it. I mean, you know, we're able to do when Ole Miss hosts the game. Obviously I live in Oxford and that changes things a lot. So when Ole Miss hosts the game, we can eat lunch at twelve, twelve thirty, one if we want to. And when it's in Starkville, we eat lunch at, you know, eleven, eleven thirty, twelve, I guess we wanted to push it a little bit, and then you know, get on the road about one fifteen or so, and seems to work out. I kind of like having the weekend off, too, after one, working a bunch of weekends in a row. Hey, all right, secondary question here. By the way, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm with you, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank, online at mslandbank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing or refinancing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They've been financing and refinancing land for over 100 years. And if you had gotten a piece of recreational property recently with the help of Mississippi Land Bank, well, you could have like a, a family deer hunt this weekend. You know, put people on different stands. Everybody's coming in. You got a place to kind of spread out just a little bit. Let them help you with your search for land. MSLandBank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. We're broadcasting today live from Visit Oxford uh, on the Oxford Square, promoting local business and uh, and tourism. Uh, great conversation with Pam Swain from the Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce, Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce. A little. Earlier, Kenny Ferris will join us at the uh, end of this hour, and we'll talk with uh, Mark uh, Hilsey at the end of the 5 o'clock hour. So here's the secondary question. Would you prefer the Arkansas-Missouri time slot, 1.30 Central time kickoff on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving? Yep. No. That would be better for you, Borky? Well, and also, I mean, because you think about it wouldn't help with your travel issues. It probably wouldn't help with my travel issues, but I, I tweeted something, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that said Thanksgiving Egg Bowls are dumb and you can't convince me otherwise. Um, but a lot of people said, well, you get to stand alone. On Thursday, you're not standing alone. You're up against an NFL game that will always beat you. Friday, you actually do stand alone. So if you want yeah, real when this, exposure, when this started, when the whole Egg Bowl Thanksgiving started, you had Detroit hosting a game at eleven, you had the Cowboys hosting a game at three or three thirty or four, whatever time it kicked off, and then the Egg Bowl stood alone, or 
Pitt, West Virginia, whatever was played in that time slot. But it was the Egg Bowl for the most part that was played in that time slot. Hey, Dad, would you like it more on Friday? Absolutely not. And they did it on Friday for a few years, and I, I was not a, a big fan of that. Yeah, but it was like the JP game, though. Yeah. It's like an 11 a.m. kickoff on Friday. I, I just would rather, you know, Thursday and then you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday to yourself. You know, with this, you know, you got Thanksgiving and then you got the football. No, I'd rather have the extra day. No, it's a no for me. Solid no. He is team Thanksgiving day for the Egg Bowl that Brian Hayden. would much rather be on All Saturday right. than on Friday. Strong opinion here, Rip? Well, I mean, on Friday you get Thanksgiving off to watch all the NFL and Saturday to watch the rest of the college football. Whereas there's hardly any football at all on Friday. There are, like, there are a bunch of games on Friday this year. Like who? There are like 20 games on Friday. Uh, but like of consequence, Iron you, Bowl. Your question is like who? They have played the Iron Bowl on Friday. They're not obviously doing so. Virginia this Tech, year. Virginia, the winner goes to the ACC sacrifice. Uh, that's at 11. Uh, yeah. Texas, Texas Tech, Texas. Tech, Texas. Uh, a bunch of MAC games. Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, have to, Arkansas. Have to TV that one. Cincinnati, Memphis is probably the most compelling game of the day. I mean, does the winner goes to a access bowl? Basically, no. The Memphis has to win to get to the Conference USA. Cha- oh, sorry, the American Athletic Conference championship game. Cincinnati's already in that game, so well, they play Cincinnati's got to win this game and another. So that'd be a rematch. Or Memphis has to win this game and then turn around and beat Cincinnati next week. Also, you know what's going to suck is when they split those and neither one gets in. Boise State cheering hard for that. <laughs> um, Friday wouldn't be bad. Apple Cup, Washington, Washington State. Kind of lost its luster this year. Still two bowl teams, Seven. though, but you thought that they were both going to be better, even without Gardner Minshew. Uh, South Florida, UCF. Remember when that one mattered? There was a year. That there one year, year was great. That one year. Hey, let's circle back to the Conference USA thing for a second. So, mentioned to you earlier, and Patrick McGee writes a a really good article that kind of lays everything out at the Sun-Herald. So, a news release to the media this past Sunday from Conference USA that said this, in the event that Southern Miss, UAB, and Louisiana Tech finish in a three-way tie atop the division, the team's each have a six and two mark in conference play. The tie would not be broken through the first seven tiebreakers, and it would go down to tiebreaker number eight, which reads, if still tied, the representative will be the team that has not participated in the championship game most recently. Southern Miss last played in the game in 2015 would win that tiebreaker of Louisiana Tech, who played it in 2016 and UAB, who played in it in 2018. Patrick McGee and the Sun-Herald reached out to Russ Anderson, who is the assistant commissioner for football and uh, baseball at Conference USA, and said, hey, same scenario if all three teams were to lose. 30 minutes later, he responded, three-way five-and-three tie is the same as the three-way six-and-two tie. Why would that be different? They were just making sure. That was on Sunday. On Tuesday morning, 
little bit different. The Conference USA website changed and now said if Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, and UAB each win their final regular season game and finish 6-2, and two, the tie would not be broken through the first seven tiebreakers and it would go down to average computer ranking. They're worried about what Anderson and Hester, Billingsley, Collie Matrix, Massey, Sagarin, and Wolf think with the highest rated team earning a spot in the championship. Difference is... On Sunday, they said college football playoff ranking, none of the three teams would be ranked, and therefore it would go to the number eight tiebreaker. The athletic directors got together said, no, we're adding the college football computer rankings to this so that we don't get to a silly when's the last time it was played ruling. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online, supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Egg Bowl week. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Hope everything's going well for you. And happy Thanksgiving to our friend Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports online at ParamountSports.com. Lee, what's up, man? Can't complain. Just uh, on my diet. I diet for about five days before Thanksgiving because goal is to lose five pounds because I don't know I'm going to put five pounds on Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving night, you get to sit back and watch a little football. My guess is it's a two-screen oh, a lot of, setup a lot of for football, you. Because the wife's always hoping I help out, but I'm in the recliner and I don't get out of it because I've just usually finished off a blueberry pie and banana cream Jeez. pie so i'm done so i'm, I'm gonna catch the the uh the egg bowl you, you well you have probably have two screens going though right because you got falcon saints going at yeah, the same time yeah. and then old miss mississippi state happening as well Let, let's start with old miss and uh and mississippi state this this matchup uh two teams that are pretty average this year yeah. mississippi state coming in at five and six old miss coming in at four and seven it's in starkville mississippi state about a three-point favorite in the uh in the game which i guess is basically home field so mm-hmm. roughly a pick em. What, what do we do yeah i i think there's a clear right side here i think it's Ole miss last year you know total domination mississippi state controlled the game i mean if Everything. I mean, three zero turnover advantage. They practically, uh, well, they did double up them in yardage, four twenty to one eighty nine. Joe Moorhead just looks, just doesn't look like a good fit here, at Mississippi State. Let's 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 be honest. And he's also one and five against the spread the last six in SEC games. Uh, the road team won and covered last year. Uh, if LSU couldn't stop the Ole Miss running game think that you know the Mississippi State run defense isn't any better uh I'm gonna say no bowl here for state uh, I like Ole Miss here 34-27 34-27 so a touchdown that, win for Ole Miss that's the prevailing thought from around the state people you've talked to you know it, it's so it, it's a weird time right now Lee because you got a little there are the fans on both sides who it doesn't matter what the records are. It's my team's right. going to win. And then the t- they're the fans on both sides who are overly pessimistic, and when things go poorly, they're like, oh, we're going to get killed. Well, I, I will I, say this. I think the line, it was at three. It's at two and a half now. I okay. think it's going to close as a pick or, or, or state minus one. So if you like Ole Miss, you jump on it right now. If you like Mississippi State, you wait. It's my opinion. Yeah. 
some uh, some advice there from uh, from Lee Sterling. What about this matchup with the Falcons and the Saints? I, I think the uh, Saints seven point road favorite uh, this time. Uh, they got after or the Falcons got after the Saints in the dome uh, down in New Orleans uh, a few weeks back. This is the other game that's happening on Thanksgiving night. What do we do with it? Tricky game when there's a quick turnaround. So uh, think there's a little, a little easier to pick out the, the 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 Steelers and Browns. I think the Steelers are probably the right side in that game. I just can't trust the Browns. But uh, I think the right side here is to probably take the Saints here. The Saints, I don't see Drew Brees getting sacked six times again. I don't see – it looks like Atlanta, they're turning back into the pumpkin again. So no sacks the last two weeks. And uh, sometimes this time of year, usually get uh, players, you know, they they realize it's over. And, yeah, you can talk about playing for pride, but – I think the the Saints are going to slowly start building, and I think they're going to attack Atlanta. Look for maybe they try a trick play the first series, or they try to push the ball down the field. I think they just feel if they can take uh, the Saints, uh, they can take Atlanta out of the game early. The game will be there. So I, I think they win this game something like thirty to twenty, but not a game that excites me a whole lot. All right, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports on your radio, ParamountSports.com. Tell me what's happening at the website right now, and what people, uh, what kind of deal people can get on this Thanksgiving weekend. Well, it's Turkey Shootout, one of the most popular uh, promotions that we run. It's 15 games from Thursday all the way through Monday night, and we've had some incredible Turkey Shootouts, some 13 and two, 12 and three uh, finishes. I think we've had five of those combined in the last 10 years. So if they want to hop on board, not 197, it's just 97 dollars for 15 games, and that's an instant download. So you don't have to call back. Uh, 15 games pop up as soon as you pay. So you're, let's say you're taking a trip, going out of town, or you know don't want to mess with it on and off all weekend. You got the 15 games. You can play them now. It's all available. ParamountSports.com. There you go, Lee. Let's go to Baton Rouge yeah. on Saturday night. LSU's big favorite, Borky, a little while ago told me that he thinks LSU's winning this game 44 to seven. You got the payback element from the seven overtime year, uh, game a year ago. You've got the chasing perfection element. Mm-hmm. You got Ed Ogeron locked in. They have been all season long. Got an LSU offense that's been so very good. Defense has got some question marks. A&M's gotten a little better as the season's gone along. What do we do with this big number in Tiger Stadium Saturday night? I think if A&M had played this game last week, they would have a better chance. I think. Okay. They gave it all, and and it just didn't quite work out. They covered, which was one of my predictions for my clients. That was a great matchup and and time to get Georgia. But you know, the second game of of this road trip is not going to be good. They uh, face an offense I think just too good for them. LSU is averaging seven point nine five yards per snap. That is scary good, and and AM just has no running game. Look what they've done. Minus one rushing yards last week and against the three quality opponents. I went back and watched all three games. Auburn, Alabama, Georgia couldn't do anything running the football. Since Corbin got injured, not the same offense here. I, I think LSU wins. Uh, I think they score very similar to what he predicted. I haven't scored 42, but A&M scores 20. They win 42-20 and cover. Which is still a cover that's a 22-point win. Let's yep. go to the Plains on Saturday afternoon, 2.30 on CBS. Lee, I need you to tell the good people of Mississippi that it's not very often that you can get Alabama as just a three-and-a-half-point favorite. 
Yeah. Don't tell me you're going the other way. (laughs) Well, you know, I was thinking about the name Mac, Mac Jones. Not too many Macs as quarterbacks. You ever remember the Mac? I, I can't off the top of my head. Can you? No, I don't have one that stands out. No, but MacGyver, I mean, I, who everybody, his friends called him Mac, could do anything. Right. So, I, I, here, I, I think that, that Alabama's going to be up against it. You know, Mac Jones a great against Arkansas, where tackling is optional. Western Carolina uh, gave up 60 and 59 to two FCS opponents. So, I just don't think you can prepare for this type of of setup here in this type of environment here. And Auburn's defense, no one has scored more than 23 points against them, even LSU, and that is quite an accomplishment. So with Whitlow back, I think they're starting to get back that mojo on offense. And if they get rolling, I, I think they're the right side here. Just like when uh, Ali fought Liston, they said, down goes Liston, down goes Saban. Auburn outright 27-23. You know, I guess sometimes you just got to be wrong. Yeah, could be. <laughs> we'll see. We'll we'll see. Yeah. I, maybe I'm looking at this one altogether different. I, I don't know. I just I, having seen that Auburn team in person, I, I just don't see it. But uh, we'll see. Uh, let, let's look at one other game in the SEC. We got a couple of minutes left with you, Louisville, Kentucky, and all of a sudden yeah. this kind of means something. Mark Stoops, mm-hmm. what an unbelievable job he's mm-hmm. done this year to get to Kentucky back to a bowl game. Louisville, first-year head coach Scott Satterfield at Louisville, seven and four after the Bobby Petrino disaster a year ago. Kentucky at home, two and a half point favorite. Is this is this right? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think Louisville's okay. the right side here. It's inching up to three most places. Quite a rivalry. This is it, under the radar rivalry game that you know we talk about the Iron Bowl, talk about Ohio State, Michigan. And this game is is really these two teams don't like each other, you know. Obviously, uh, more in basketball, but starting to become pretty big football rivalry. I like the job Scott Satterfield's doing. He's doing a great job here, and uh, yeah. for the backup quarterback, people forget they lost their starter pass early in the year. Cunningham does enough, and uh, Tutu Atwell, this kid from Miami, he's like I don't know, five six, five seven, like <laughs> one hundred and forty five, hundred fifty pounds, but. Probably one of the two or three fastest guys in the country. Uh, reminds me of T.Y. Hilton, and, and no one, no big school in Florida was on this kid. Who knows why not? But uh got a couple good receivers, and I just think Kentucky's too one-dimensional. So Louisville does give up some rushing yards, and that's how Kentucky, that's the only way they travel. I think it's going to be a great game. I've Louisville winning this game here, 33-30, to but um, mm. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Absolutely. So Maybe blueberry we'll pie, that's the dessert of choice. Too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's possible. Yeah. You say blueberry pie is the dessert of choice? Blueberry pie and banana cream pie. That's, I mean, Ooh. I have a little sliver of pecan and pumpkin, but those are my go-to after I have the, the slivers of, and, and also a little uh, apple pie with, you know, a little little vanilla you know, ice cream on top. How about you? You are going to put five pounds on if you do all that. Enjoy the uh, the Thanksgiving, Lee. Always enjoy visiting with you. ParamountSports.com. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Sounds, looks good. Have a happy Thanksgiving to you and all your listeners. Take care. Sports Talk Mississippi, Renaissance Bank Studio, Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online, supertalk.fm. Greg Sankey, the commissioner, has spoken. You guys buying it? What do you think? 
Greg Sankey spoke on the Egg Bowl and how it's too feisty and people around here are fired up about it. Borky, should, should I go to the, the bottom and read your question and then kind of go through the story? Yeah, let's do it that way. Okay. This is Borky's statement. You want to, Why don't you read it? Oh, it? I understand why people are bothered by Greg Sankey, but anything I've seen nationally from sports writers and stuff leading into this game is about hostility and fighting and not about the actual football game. So isn't that not good for the brand for Ole Miss, for Mississippi State, and the game? So even though you don't like the deliverer of the message, isn't Greg Sankey's message a good one or an appropriate one? It's just... It's dripping in irony because he enabled it, the whole thing, to get to that point. Right. So uh, remove the... the... Hold on a second, though, on that. you got to take me a little farther on that. He enabled the rivalry to get to this point. Yeah. But but we were talking earlier with Deuce. This game has the trophy that it has because there was a brawl that spilled from the field into the stands. Yeah, but the fight last they year fought had in the nothing 60s to and do the with 70s any of that. and the 80s and the 90s the and fight, the 2010s as well. But he's talking about the fight last year and it, that fight last year, I guarantee you Matt Corral wasn't thinking, "Man, I'm going to do it for those people in 1911." It no, do- no, absolutely. Of course he didn't but do that. But that's what he's referring to. He's not referring to 1990-1970. He's talking about what happened last year. But it's because not he had the new in the rivalry the is my point. Exactly. But like he, what he's referring to, he allowed to escalate to that point again. Because there was a period where that wasn't the case. But, the, but, but I guess my point is that's always been the case in this rivalry. The fight every year. Not every single year. You may have a few years where it goes off, but it happens over and over and over and over. History just repeats itself on this thing. But that's not what he's referring to. He's referring to the last couple of years. That have been ugly. And I will be the first to say, I'm tired of watching games that way. It's not fun to watch a football game like that. Where after every single play, trash talk, trash talk, trash talk, pushing, flags flying, whatever. I don't think. This entire thing's kind of irrelevant and silly, but neither here nor there. But that's not that's what he's talking about. He is talking about the last couple of years. He's not talking about the nineties, the eighties. I understand that specifically, again, in this instance, he's talking about the last couple of years, and you say Which that he it's dripping nothing. with irony because he allowed it to get to that point. But again, I would double down on the idea that he allowed to get it to this point is not entirely true because it's been like this point for a century. Okay, I guess you're taking my words too literally that at that point everything that's happened in the last half decade he did nothing to tamper it down and then is going to talk about how it needs to be tampered down a hundred plus years prior aside fair enough uh this from the daily journal hey dad i'm gonna let you weigh in just a second sankey said last november these incidents have become too common in this series both athletic directors got sent to the or visited with the SEC office for peace talks. In an interview last week, Sankey would not speculate on the possibility of penalties for either or both schools if there is a fight on this year's holiday for goodwill and Thanksgiving. Quote, it's inappropriate for me to hypothesize, close quote. By the way, I like Greg Sankey a lot. I, I, I don't mind admitting that either. 
That is the most Greg Sankey quote ever. What happened in that principal's meeting? Where did it occur? What was everyone wearing? Well, I think it was uh, happened at the uh, spring meetings in Destin, right? I don't think the actual call to the principal's office itself. Yeah. Um, Sankey was in Jackson last week. They uh, put a historical marker at the original side of the SEC office. With regard to follow-ups from the quote-unquote principal's office meeting, we got follow-up conversations through the summer, with the focus really being on moving forward and the opportunity on national TV on Thanksgiving night to have the focus on football and the play on the field rather than the other aspects in the past. I'm encouraged by all our conversations since last year, really complimentary of both universities and their leaders. My focus, again, is on a well-played football game. I think it will be such and will not have the other distractions. Hey, Dad, floor is yours. I'm trying. I'm curious to what Greg Sankey could have done to temper it down. Well, I mean, the, look, is there no the, answer the, coming? Okay. No, no, no. I, I was thinking for a second. The 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 common response. Whoa, 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 whoa! You weren't the one who said that. Oh, oh! You want me to go back to? to oh, rip that's it. fine. Nip the freeze thing in the bud, twenty thirteen ish, with the whole Barney and all of that. The whole mm-hmm. Leo Lewis limited immunity, that whole deal. Like there were definitely measures he could have taken. You disagree? You think he should have stayed one hundred percent out of that? Yeah, I, I don't. Well, I don't. Uh, the the freeze thing you talking about, like when he tweeted out about the the the, the signing class. No, just the first NOA. Then ha- still having Barney on staff, all of that. I believe there are measures that could have been taken to kind of nix that. That would have felt to me like he was getting involved. That would have might have felt like overstepping at the time, just to me. I could be yeah, wrong. But, but okay. What about when Mike Slive did it? Because my, there, there's no way that that interaction between Ole Miss and Mississippi State, the whole we're turning you in, we're going to let our guys get immunity to testify against you. and ar- No way that happens under Mike Slive. No way. You're probably right, but what, does that make it right to like sweep things under the table? Is it sweeping, no, it's not about it under sweeping the things under the table? Or getting Ole Miss to stop harming themselves? Well, if somebody wants to harm themselves, I mean, that, there's nothing you can do to stop that most times. Yeah. But what Rippy's saying is, in this, in that case, he could have. I mean, we just we just now, had this hey, debate. Hey, Dad, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I would say about that. You you say sweeping under the table, and for this particular episode, Ole Miss is the one that was harmed. But we've all been around long enough, right? We, we we've watched the cycle of how this thing works. Ole Miss is bad enough at this that every decade or so. They're going to trip over their own feet, and that's the uh, the nicest phrase that I can use on uh, radio and keep it family friendly. And you know what else is going to happen about once every decade? Mississippi State's going to do the exact same thing. They're going to do something yeah. stupid, and they're going to trip they over their own feet in August, and they're going to get called to the Mississippi the the NCAA principal's office again. And having a commissioner who has the ability to go, all right, you two, I got an idea. Just stop it! You are your own worst two enemies. Get out of your own flipping way and give yourselves a chance to have some extended success instead of doing everything you can to tear each other down all the time. That, to me, would be leadership from the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference.
You can, you're welcome to disagree. I mean, Mike Sly was the commissioner when State went on probation in 2004, and Ole Miss players were interviewed. And, and Mike Sly was also statements. the commissioner that after Mississippi State went in on probation in 2004, said to the entire stinking league, stop mm-hmm. it. We're done right. with this cycle of probation. And it was good for everybody. I would say that you're you're right. He, he did do that, but he did so in such a way. People didn't stop cheating. They just it's not about stopping cheating. It. Nobody's ever going to stop cheating. It's about stopping well, then what getting are we talking? caught. Then we're sweeping it under the table. We're just not going to yeah, talk about. It's the allowing cheating. everybody to play on the same playing field, is what it is. But is it? Yes, it is. You, th- you think Alabama and Ole Miss play on the same playing field when it comes to that? Of course not. Well, but you're missing my about? point. If that's what if, if if that's what you think I was saying, you're completely missing my point. I, I guess I just am then. I I don't know that Mike Slive could have. I don't think any actions Mike Slive or Greg Sankey could have taken would have prevented the fight between Jonathan Abram, AJ Brown, and the rest of them last Thanksgiving. There's no point A to point B for me on that. Yeah, I feel like we diverged into an altogether different talk though than you know AJ yeah, Brown and whatever. I mean, there's nothing that Mike Slive or Roy Kramer before him could have done to have kept Robert Reed and Deuce McAllister and everybody else from fighting. We're going to talk with John Bond. I'm sure he was involved in a fight in the Egg Bowl. But again, that's the point that I go back to. I I think we're talking about two separate issues here. We just got to that separate issue by Rippy's take on the commissioner to start this thing. This is the Egg Bowl content you came for, right? Right, hey, Dad? This is why they didn't want me in Oxford today. We'd be fighting right now. Nah. We are at Visit Oxford on the Oxford Square. It is unfortunately raining right now. However, the forecast for the weekend ahead with a lot of really cool activities coming up this weekend is really, really good. Kenny Ferris will join us. She is the executive director of Visit Oxford when we continue on Sports Talk Mississippi. Renaissance Bank Studio, Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Ceasefire text line just a second ago. I saw this one pop up. I kind of like this. Um, talking about Pat McAfee on the call for the game. Josh says, I hope Pat McAfee is eating a to-go plate of Thanksgiving food while on the call on Saturday night. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, and right now, on the Farm Bureau phone line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Good timing. My man John Bond joins us right now. John, it was a good time. I was afraid I was about to have to uh, separate these guys and send them all to their like you know respective corners and get everybody to simmer down a little bit. What's up, buddy? Man, that, that was <laughs> kind of getting me fired up. I like it. I like it. Okay, I asked Deuce earlier because we we talked some fights. He was involved in a pretty famous fight. Four egg bowls for you. How many fights? Oh, actually, you, you mean team fights? Yeah, yeah. At the yeah, at the yeah. game. No, we didn't have any team fights. Really? No team fights. Yeah. No, we were um we we're okay until you got under the pile. Yeah, and then and then some stories to tell or maybe not tell out of that, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. I think uh, I think I, I heard y'all when y'all first started around three, and you were talking about the was it ninety two, and 
and uh, in Oxford, that was the first time I actually went to that game when it snowed a little bit. You know, it had some right. flurries. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was standing on the sideline, and I was actually with um, Raphael and Will Clark. They were on either side of me, and it was halftime, and we were walking in. And this dude, some dude from Ole Miss was spitting on me and trying to climb the fence, and Sleepy Robinson was in this all-leather suit, and he was trying to climb back over the fence to get to this guy. It was incredible. I mean, this guy was spitting on me, and I had Will Clark and Raphael on either side of me, and he wanted to spit on me. People <laughs> lose their minds over this game, it's don't un- they? It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's nuts. JB, what's it's your nuts. Uh, what, what's your best Egg Bowl memory? Uh, well, I guess, you know, um, when that, my freshman year, I guess, uh, you know, winning that Sports Illustrated National Back of the Week and all that. I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it was. All right, what, what, okay, Ryan, what year was that? That was 1980. That was my freshman year. And that okay. was, uh, that was just a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I think they lost in 79 because I went on my one, one of my many recruiting trips to Mississippi State. Um, in 79 and went to the game and, uh, I think Ole Miss won that one. And, uh, that was a lot of the reason why, you know, I continue to talk to state and all that kind of stuff. I said, I think I can make these guys better. You know, I think I can come and help. (laughs) Okay. So if 1980 was the high point, was 1983 the low point? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> what was your what was your vantage point for for the wind blown kick in eighty three? I was you know of course we had our fans behind us and uh, uh, I heard uh, you know we were sitting there on the bench and I just had my head down and said I can't look I can't look I'm not going to watch and I heard our fans stand up and and you know just go to their feet and start yeah 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 and then all of a sudden it got real quiet and I, that's when I looked up. And I could see the ball climbing out. It was making altitude. It wasn't making any length. It was going up more than it was going forward. And I go, what in the world? And, uh, and it landed about where we snapped it, I think. And, um, yeah. And then that, y'all, that other side, then the other side starts going nuts. So it was, uh, did, did was the really ball actually event. make it? John, did the ball actually make it to the uprights before it kind of started catching that and blowing backwards? I think it was it was really really close. Uh, I know it crossed the goal line. It wasn't but like a twenty seven yarder, and Artie had kicked a fifty two yarder earlier in the year. You know, so I mean he had plenty of leg. So uh, yeah, I I want to say it crossed the goal line, and then I guarantee it it climbed twenty feet. From where it was, you know, from where it started. If it was that, if it was that fifty feet in the air, it went to seventy feet really quickly, and it was straight up. It wasn't like sides or nothing. It was straight up, still spinning. Had the back spin on it and everything. It was crazy. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. Visiting with former Mississippi State quarterback and all-around good guy John Bond on uh, on your radio. So. This matchup this year, yeah. Mississippi State's okay, sitting at five and six. Right. Ole Miss is okay, sitting at four and right. seven. 
they both got some individual superstars. Uh, you know, Kylan Hill is, is fantastic. Uh, yeah, John Rice Plumley, not a complete player yet at quarterback, but you have seen flashes of brilliance from him, especially with his feet. Yep. Neither of the defenses is great, but both have made some plays some of the time. What the heck are we supposed to expect this year? <laughs> the same thing you can every year. You never know. You know, it, it, it's crazy. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. We've had, you know, the uh, the pass interference call. That was my 81. I lost to Ole Miss twice, and in 81, we had a uh, really, really good defense. It was as good, if not better, than the one in 80. And, uh, you know, we lose with some controversial stuff there. Um, so you really never know, and that's what, that's what I think these guys on both sides of the ball, you got to realize that funny things are going to happen. Strange things are going to happen. You can't uh, uh, let it get to you. You got to move on. You just got to pick yourself up and let's go. Because if you if you keep you know lingering on what has happened right then, whether it's a uh, you know a bad call from the ref or a uh, a late hit or whatever, it's you you got to move on because you know that crazy things are going to happen. Always does every year. So it's it, you don't really know what to expect, and that, I think that's John, the. Uh, I think that's the draw of the Egg Bowl. I think that's why it is so much fun. What is it that happens every handful of years? And and we've seen it with Ole Miss, and we've seen it with Mississippi State, because it can't simply be one team is that much better than the other. Sometimes that's the case. But we've seen so many instances where one team is significantly better than the other, and they still don't win. So why is it that every handful of years, four, five, six, seven years, one or the other of or, or the or the other team just gets boat raced and looks like they're not interested in being there? Yeah, I you know now I was never in a boat race. Thank thank the Lord. Um, yeah, but, you know we were always in it. It was always a great game and all that. But I, I just think it's it. You know, it's just the attitude of the guys. I mean, I think you know. If, you can tell pretty quickly if uh, you know they've written this deal off, and, and you know they're just going to kind of. I never wrote anything off, <laughs> so even if we're playing, you know, two national champions, I had an opportunity to play a couple of those to go those guys that eventually won the national championship. I never gave up, so I, you know, I don't know. It's uh, it's a funny deal, and especially. If, you can't let it happen in a robbery game. I, it's just it's hard to figure out. It's hard to figure out, Richard. Do you think it's harder to find guys that approach it the way you did, or do you think they're still out there and all over the place? That I mean, I don't care who we're playing. We we came to win today. Period. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's and that's the way I like to approach everything. You know, and and if you were beating somebody pretty bad, I might feel a little bad, but not real bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, mean, I, still, I understand. Why are you taking Why are you taking me out? Don't put Tangton in. I still want. I need. I need some more stats. Let's go. Let's go. Let's rock it. But uh, it's. Um, I think the attitude has kind of changed. I think there's a lot more mentality of I'm going to make it to the league. I'm good enough to get into the league, so I don't want to, you know, get hurt and all this kind of crap. And yeah. It just that seems a little more prevalent. Than it used to be. We were going to. You can ask Johnny Cooks, and he was the second person picked in the eighty. What was it? Eighty two draft, eighty three draft. He was the second person picked. 
he was playing as hard on his last game as he was on his first game. So, I, you know, I, I just think it's uh, it's changed a little bit. I think the attitudes have changed a little bit. I think everybody's got stars in their eyes. And, and uh, you know, everybody had stars in their eyes then, but it wasn't as prevalent, I guess, as it is now. And everybody thinks they're going to make it. And the percentages are still the same, guys. It's about 1% that make it to the league. So That's right. Four straight years, the uh, road team has won in the series, yeah. which is a little weird. We don't normally see it that way. JB, right. we got less than 30 seconds left. Give me a prediction. How does this one go on Thanksgiving night? I think it's, I think the tide's going to turn, so to speak. I think um, I think the dogs are going to prevail. I think they're going to uh, they're going to win. I think it may be by a touchdown, but it's going to be a close game. It always is, and it's always fun. All right, and I'll be there. I'm sure wearing your maroon underwear, no less. <laughs> Without question. Thanks, John. Always good to visit with you, man. Have a happy Thanksgiving. You, you too. Happy Thanksgiving. That's John Bond of the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. More Sports Talk Mississippi coming up. When it comes to arts and entertainment, Mississippi is a land of legends. And now all of those legends are showcased in one place. It's all at Mississippi's arts and entertainment experience, better known as the Max in Meridian. It's also the best place to find Mississippi-made products like artwork and books. Go to msarts.org to learn more about the Max. And we want to give you a chance to win tickets to go see. Be a great family uh little weekend getaway or a weekday getaway. So here's your chance to win tickets to Mac, the Max in Meridian. All you got to do is text the answer to this trivia question to the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. First two correct answers will uh, we'll win a pair of tickets to the Max in Meridian. What does the BB in BB King stand for? One of the great musicians of all time, BB and his guitar, Lucille. What does BB in BB King stand for? Text the answer of that trivia question to the Ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. Be the first of two people to do that and win some tickets to the Max, the Mississippi Arts and Entertainment Experience in Meridian. John Bond. What a dude. All right. Missouri. Missouri Athletics. They have received their final ins- uh, answer. From the NCAA Appeals Committee. And it's the same answer as the previous answer, which is go to your room and take your medicine, Mizzou. PowerMizzou.com was the first to report with multiple sources that the initial ruling by the Committee on Infractions was upheld. Those sources told PowerMizzou.com that all sanctions have been upheld by the Appeals Committee. The NCAA has released its findings. Their initial sanctions against Missouri came on January 31 of this year. You may remember that the uh, case was one of uh, improper actions of a tutor known to be Yolanda Kumar, who completed coursework for 12 student-athletes. Sanctions included, most notably, one-year postseason ban for football, baseball, and softball. Now, you will remember 
that last year, because the appeal was ongoing, Missouri baseball participated in the postseason, or at least in the SEC tournament. They will not be eligible for the SEC tournament this year. They got kind of jobbed out of a bid. Say what? They got kind of jobbed out of an NCAA tournament bid last year. Yeah, well, they're not going to get one this year either. Mizzou lashed out when the sanctions first came down. Jim Sterk, the athletics director, called the the decision unfair, unjust, and unprecedented in the days after the ruling was passed down. The school launched a Make It Right campaign, spent more than half a million dollars on legal representation for its appeal. That's according to Jim Sterk. Because the appeal was still ongoing, the postseason bans for baseball and softball were not enforced during the 2019 season. They will be now banned for 2020 postseason SEC and NCAA postseason events. And if you've gone, if you've seen anything on Twitter today, Jim Sterk has continued to pound the NCAA. And I think with good reason. However, I do have one friend who is a Missouri grad. I don't mind saying it, Tom Hart. Tom and I have talked a good bit about this. And he's not as up in the air as some people are about this because he keeps going back to the thing of it was academic fraud. The penalty should be severe. I would think that Missouri's argument, hey, Dad, would be, yeah, but we're not the only ones. Just punish us the same way other people get punished. Yeah, that was that was the the talking point when Mississippi State got its sanctions back. Uh, what was that? You know, in August, early September, that uh, you know, okay, so certainly they'll that was we I think we said on the show that they'll revisit what they did in light of what Mississippi State got, and this will all work itself out. But as always with the NCAA, the only thing that's for sure is that nothing's for sure. Jim Sterk at one point during his press conference today said. With dramatic pauses, one rogue part-time tutor. Um, some of the uh, let's see. I like how they call him rogue, as if he committed some kind of crime. She. He's a brigand. She. Stark has asked legal counsel if there's any legal recourse, and has been told that there is none. University's president says, we will continue to push for reform. We owe it to the membership as a whole and our fellow SEC schools. All three football or uh, uh, all three coaches, men's basketball. No, no, no. Sorry. Football, baseball, and softball were devastated when they got the news. Sturt believes the North Carolina academic case probably impacted how the NCAA handled Missouri's case. His quote, we were the next case up. But that's all speculation, close quote. Absolutely no information on why it took 19 weeks to stay the decision. No relief moving forward. The athletics director at Missouri choking back tears, talking about seniors who won't be able to play in the postseason. Assuming they beat Arkansas. Jim Sturt, quote, I asked to the membership, to Dr. Emmert, where's the justice? Another quote, the decision is just wrong. No one can look at the Missouri case, 
and the Mississippi State case and say common sense was used. Jim Sturt says last night when he got the news, he was shocked. Now he's just angry. Any of that do anything for you? If he wanted justice, he should have asked for a trial by combat. And then we could have gotten the, the king's justice. No, it doesn't do anything for me. It's the NCAA. I expect to be disappointed, and I am. Morky, does it do anything for you? Um, it's seemingly pretty malicious to wait months beyond your protocol to give the exact same decision on the week they're going to fight for postseason eligibility. It's an yeah, extra. Conveniently, they got a chance to get to the postseason here. Oh, here's the ruling. That, that, Happy that Thanksgiving, everybody. That is a little extra elbow off the top rope right there. And you know that was by design. Yep. A little twist of the knife in there. Why do presidents allow the NCAA to continue to do this crap? They're kind of They're forced the only to, ones aren't they? can stop it. No, 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 no. Hold on. The, the presidents are the only ones who can stop it. Coaches can't change it. Student athletes can't change it. Ed O'Bannon can't change it. Athletics directors can't change it. The only group of people with the power to actually make meaningful changes to the NCAA, the only people that have the ability to force the hand of the leadership of the National Collegiate Athletics Association is the university presidents. Why don't they do it? Because their universities are making, for the most part, millions of dollars, and they don't want to upset But the they can make more money. Could Missouri? As a whole. That, that's the fine, money piece Missouri? doesn't go away because the money's tied. But but hey, Dad, the money's tied to television. Is if if they, television's if they decide, not going if they away. They decide to walk out and they decide to form super conferences and they, that aren't under NCAA jurisdiction. Is Missouri going to be at the at the front of the table like they are right now with the SEC? Yes, Missouri would be part of oh, four super conferences. I don't agree with that. They wouldn't be in the top tier. You're going to have 64 teams, four 16-team leagues if you do super conferences? I mean, if you do that, Missouri... Of course they're going to be one of the 64. Maybe? I mean, what does Missouri bring into the table here? They're not some traditional college power in any sport. St. Louis and Kansas City. That's fine, but they're still... I mean, they bring some viewers. Those aren't the biggest networks in the country. Those aren't the biggest areas. I, I just don't. I, if I'm Missouri, I'm not upsetting an Apple cart that's currently bringing me sixty million extra a year. Oh, and when this new CBS deal comes in, another fifteen to twenty, and hope that I can get a better deal on my own. There's no question if you're not part of the group, the the big group, that you benefit. The basketball tournament will still happen. It'll still happen. She's not going to be CBS. Just not going to be writing a check to Indianapolis anymore. They're going to write a check to whoever's got the rights for the big deal. My question is, 
And again, I'll go back to it. Dr. Keenum. Dr. Boyce. I'm assuming you're out there somewhere. Why don't you do something about it? You and your you and your colleagues are the only people who have the power to make this corrupt, ridiculous, unfair, unbalanced, irregular organization go away. You're it. Nobody else can change it. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.